And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, you know, I could have kicked myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl, my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the tantalizing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, mystery novelist John Dixon Carr hosts Murder by Experts from 1949. But first, Lisa Wolf Dillon is our lyricist for Learning the Lyrics. Lisa will read popular song lyrics. I'll try to guess the name of the songs while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? Right, Carl. We're on the letter I. Can you think of any song that begins with the letter I? Because maybe I chose that. Um, that would be a win. I, 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 I am, am a frito, frito bandito. bandito. I love fritos, corn chips. I love them. I do. That's a great accent. Yeah, thank you. Do you have a little, like, mandolin You know, this play? is the first hour of Hollywood 360 I've done at the age of 60. That's true. I just turned 60, 60 a few... just, like, moments ago. Moments ago. And um, I did a little dance and sang a little thank song you, and brought a little cake. So Happy birthday. Do a little dance, make a little love. No, no, not that part. Get down and Just I... the dance part. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, Mike, how do you think he's going to do today? He'll get the second and the third one. The second and the third. Interesting. I would say, all right, well, let's see how it goes. Okay. Starts with I. It starts with I. Go ahead. You could never know what it's like. Your blood like winter freezes just like ice. (laughs) Mike, his face. You should see his face, Mike. And there's a cold, lonely light that shines from you. You'll wind up like the wreck you hide behind that mask you use. Mm. And did you think this fool could never win? Well, look at me. I'm coming back again. I got a taste of love in a simple way. And if you need to know, I can't say the rest of the line. Um, looking like a true survivor. Hmm. Feeling like a little kid. Fe- feeling. Like, oh, that's Elton John. <laughs> yeah. It's Elton John. Yeah. Feeling like a little kid. Picking up the pieces of Picking my life. Feeling like a little Without kid. you on I... my mind. Uh, it's definitely Elton John. Yes, I agree. All right, start over. You could never know what it's like. Your blood like winter freezes just like ice. And there's a cold, lonely light that shines from you. You'll cold wind up like the wreck you... From you. <laughs> I can hear him doing it. You'll wind up like the wreck you hide behind that mask you use. Yeah. And did you think this fool could never win? Well, look at me. I'm coming back again. I got a taste of love in a simple way. Got a taste of love in a simple way. Sort of. 
Yeah. And if you need to know. Ah. And then I just brought you up to the chorus. It starts with I, huh? It does. Looking like a true survivor. Looking like a true survivor. Feeling like a Feeling little kid. Feeling like a little kid. And again, you're at the chorus. I'm still standing. There it is. Ding, ding, ding. You can never know Got it. I worked it out. You did. I'm still standing. Right, you are. Ask you wins. Youth. A good song like for you. <laughs> well, I'm losing my voice. It's five hours on the air. It's a long time. Oh, I'm where? <laughs> Great job. All right, all right got good one. one. Maybe I right. get all three on my birthday. Maybe you will. Maybe yeah, you never a, know. A birthday thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the first line of this is the title. So okay. I can't give you the first line. All right. And I've been waiting for this moment for all my life. I've been waiting for this moment. Oh for Lord. All- Oh, well, wait, well, wait, I've been, give me a minute. I've been waiting for this moment. Oh, for all my life. oh Lord, he sings that out loud. Mm-hmm. That's why oh, I said ahead. it. Yeah. Um, uh, well, uh, let's see. Okay. Well, if you told me you were drowning, I would not lend a hand. I've seen your face before my friend. Seen your I face don't know before if you know my who friend. I am. I don't know if you know who I am. Well, yeah. I was there and I saw what you did. I was there, and I saw what you did. I saw it with my own two eyes. So you oh, could wipe off that grin. Two-eyes. I know where you've been. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's all been a pack of lies. It's all been a pack of lies. It's all been a pack of lies. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been waiting for this moment I've been all waiting my life. for this moment oh, Lord. For all my Oh, Lord. Something <laughs> like that, right? Yeah. I can kind of hear it. Um, well, I've been. Is this um, like Foreigner or something like that? No. Well, I remember. Is it? Uh, I've been waiting. That that's like the best. Come part on, keep right going. There, no more. It's gonna get you off track. Like that's the that's what? the chorus. Give, it, give me up to the and chorus. I, I, I the, the chorus is the yeah. first line and yeah. the third line. So I'm giving the line in between and then okay. going on. All right. And I've been waiting for this moment. I've been okay. That's oh, the, this is the key I, line right here. Oh, I I get for all my life. I know who it is. It's Sting. Yeah, it's Phil it's Collins. Sting. Yeah, Phil Collins. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord, I, I'm well, working it out in my brain. Well, if you Provagen told helps. me you were drowning, you would tell me you were drowning. I would not lend a hand. It's I've seen your face before, well, my, my friend, friend, but I don't know no, if you know, know who, who I, I am. am. Well, I was there and I saw what you did. I, I, I was saw there it with my and own I saw two eyes. What you did? He sings it real slow, so you can wipe off that grin. I know where you've been. It's all been a pack of lies. It's all been a pack of lies. And there's the chorus again. Well, I've been waiting for this I've moment. I've been waiting for this moment for all my life. Is oh, that Lord. Uh huh. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Yes. Right? Yeah, but then the I've next line is that. For, is it I something? It's not. But I've the next line is the title. I've been for this moment yep. for all my life. Oh Lord! Right, and then the next line oh, is, Lord. is the title. Mm. Oh, I've been it's waiting like right there. for this moment right. for all my life. Give me mm. the second. Give me the. Oh Lord! Oh Lord! And then the next line is the 
is the title again. I've been waiting for this moment <laughs> all I can't my give life. you anything else oh, more than I've done. Oh, oh Lord. It's the first word I? It is. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I, the first word of the. That's what I'm saying. The I've first been, word of the line is I. It isn't. It, I've what, been yeah. waiting for this The title is a little bit shortened. But. All my life. Well, let's clarify. When Lisa says oh, that it's the title, there's actually five words before the title. Yeah. Yeah, but that's part. I mean, I would accept that as part of the title. I've so been it's okay. waiting for this moment for all my life. Oh, Lord. Either way, it's an I. Oh, Lord. Yes. The next line. Uh, I can't. Okay, can't pull it out. Nah. This time. Okay. Coming in the air tonight. It's in the air tonight, or I can feel it coming in the air tonight. It's a great song. I figured that was Sting, though. You knew, you knew who it was, and I know you knew the song. Oh Lord. All right, we got to go to the next one. All right. All right, hang on, I missed that. All right, go to the next one. All right, ready? Yeah. This is a gift for your birthday. All right. Because I try and I try and I try and I try. That's yeah. all you need. I don't know. What? What? I thought for sure that's all you needed, right, Keep Mike? Keep going. Keep going because we don't have any time. Because I try and, and I, I try, try and I try and I try and I try. I, I try. <laughs> I can't. I, yeah. I can't. Right. Try. No. I can't. I can't. I can't. Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Carl. I can't. Get it. Get what? I can't get what? Can't get what? I can't get. I can't get enough? <laughs> I can't get. No. Yep. I can't get no right? satisfaction. Oh, my God. Uh, 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 I can't get no satisfaction. I can't get no the Rolling Stones. And I try. try. There it is. And I try. And I try. All right, let's go to a quick break. All right. Thanks, Lisa. Great, Carl. Get no. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Time for Murder by Experts with the Dark Island, August 8th, 1949, hosted by John Dixon Carr. Here's part one. 
Murder by Experts. The Mutual Broadcasting System presents Murder by Experts. With your host and narrator, Mr. John Dixon Carr, world-famous mystery novelist and author of the recently published bestseller, The Life of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Good evening. This is John Dixon Carr. Each week at this time, Murder by Experts brings you a story of crime and mystery which has been chosen for your approval by one of the world's leading detective writers. Tonight, our guest expert is the noted mystery novelist William Irish. From the many thrillers he has read and enjoyed, Mr. Irish has selected a most unusual story of mounting terror by Sidney Morris. And now we present Gertrude Warden and Bernard Grant in The Dark Island. Look now at the small tree-covered island, lying in darkness several miles off the rocky coast of Maine. Now and then, the moon breaks through the clouds, revealing for a few brief moments the figure of a girl pacing back and forth on the boat landing by the water's edge. She watches anxiously as a small launch approaches the island. Why doesn't he hurry? Why doesn't he hurry? I won't stay on this island another moment. Not another moment. You all right, ma'am? I saw your emergency flare from the mainland. I came right away. Oh, thank heavens you're here, Sheriff. I couldn't have stood it another minute. I was going out of my mind. Why are you crying? What's wrong? What's the trouble, ma'am? Take me to the mainland. Take me to the mainland. Oh, sure, ma'am, sure. But don't you think please, first you better... Please, take me away from here. Take me away. Yeah, let me help you in. Uh, all right, sit over here, ma'am. Before I shove off, is anything you want from the lodge? No, no, just get me away from here. Get me away. Just as you say, ma'am. This is my office. And have a seat. Thank you. Now, suppose you tell me what's happened, huh? It's like a nightmare. A confused nightmare. All of it. I, I'm so mixed up. I can't tell any longer what part of it was real and, and what part was my imagination. Uh, just calm down, ma'am. Tell it to me in your own way. Now, now think back. Must have had some starting point. Things uh, generally do. Some starting point. Yes. Yes. 
It began that morning I saw him for the first time. Could it have only been last spring? A small boat put in at our dock, and Philip came walking up the path to the lodge. I can see him now, tall and sunburned, with the wind blowing through his blonde hair. He was the handsomest man I'd ever seen, despite the long, cruel scar on his cheek. He smiled for a moment as he saw me, and then he spoke. Hello there. Uh, hello. They told me over on the mainland that you have an empty cottage here. Would you care to rent it to me for a few months? Rent the cottage? Why, my father would never have rented it. The people on the mainland know that. Yes, they told me, but this island looks so peaceful, so secluded. I thought I'd ask personally. Do you think it would do any good at all if I were to speak to your father? Oh, my father died three months ago. Oh, oh, I'm very sorry. They, they didn't mention that back at the hotel. It's quite all right. I hope you won't think I'm being inquisitive, but who else lives on this island? No one. I live alone. Alone? Yes. Isn't it rather lonely? Oh, no. I'm quite used to being alone. Even when my father was alive, I was alone most of the time. What about visitors from the mainland? Oh, father discouraged them. As a result, no one ever comes here. Father even educated me himself. He was a doctor. Really? Uh, well, so am I. My name is Duval. Philip Duval. Oh. Well... I'm Eve Winters. Wh Winters? Uh-huh. Your father wasn't by any chance Dr. Malcolm Winters, was he? Yes. Well, this is a surprise. I've read both of your father's books on criminal psychology. Oh? Oh, yes, he had great perception, great understanding of the criminal mind. Uh, well, I know very little about it. Oh, yes, of course. I do hope you'll forgive me my curiosity. But, um, why did your father give up his position in the medical world and simply disappear without a trace? I don't know. I should very much like to have met him. You see, I, too, am writing a book on criminal psychology. That's why I need the cottage, so I can work undisturbed. Oh, I see. Yes, it's just impossible to work at the hotel. There's so much talk going on about the murder that murder? I find... Murder? Yes. Haven't you heard? No. I'm afraid I know very little of what happens on the mainland. Well, perhaps it's just as well as... There's been too much talk about it already. Oh, no, please. I want to hear about it. This morning, a young girl was found murdered. She'd been slashed to death. Oh, how horrible. It was another scalpel killing, exactly like the other two. You mean there were others besides the poor girl found this morning? Yes. In the past two months, three women have been killed in identical fashion. Their throats cut by a surgeon's scalpel. A surgeon's scalpel? Yes. Well, have they caught the murderer yet? No, 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 no. The authorities were questioning everyone this morning, but they'll never catch him. He's far too clever for them in their stupid methods. They don't realize that they're dealing with a mind that's... <laughs> Seems I'm always giving a lecture. Goodbye, Miss Winters, and if there's anything I can do for you, I'm staying at the Stratford Hotel. Well, thank you, but I never go to the mainland. Goodbye. Uh, doctor? Yes. Um, there's really no reason why I shouldn't let you use the cottage. So, if you still want to... That's most generous of you. You have no idea how much this means to me. You can move into the cottage any time. Well, it, it so happens that everything I own is in the boat. 
So there's no need for me to go back to the hotel. Oh, I see. I'm most grateful for the cottage, Miss Winters. And I promise I'll do my best to keep out of your way. Within an hour, he'd moved in. A week went by, and except for the glimpses I caught of him writing at his desk by the window, I saw very little of him. And then one day we met at the well, and soon we were meeting every day. Strange the way one can be so lonely, and then suddenly life becomes wonderful, each day happier than the last. But one day Philip would finish his book and leave, and once more I would be alone. Eve, where are you? Oh, here I am, Philip. I just received a letter from my publishers. They like the 30 chapters I've already sent them, and they're going to publish the book as soon as I complete the rest. That's wonderful, Philip. You haven't much more, have you? No, just a final chapter on the Bluebeard Complex, and it'll all be finished. And then, where will you go? Go? go. <laughs> I've been so busy this past month that I, I hadn't thought about it. Somehow I've come to accept this island as my home. Perhaps it's come to mean home because of you, Eve. Oh, Philip. Eve, I'm a fool. I've been so busy with the book, I've never stopped to tell you how much I love you, how much I need you. Oh, if you only knew how much I wanted to hear you say that. Eve, darling, will you marry me? Will you marry me? Oh, I was happier than I thought anyone could be. A few days later, we went to the mainland and were married. We spent only a few hours on the mainland, for after 15 years of living on the island, the townspeople, the noise and constant movement were more than I could stand. Philip and I returned to the island that same day. The weeks slipped by swiftly. Philip worked on his book, and I looked after him. And then one night, after we'd been married a month, I was awakened by Philip. Eve, huh? wake what? up, what? wake up. Oh, what? Oh, Philip. What am I doing standing here by the clothes closet? I awoke to find you getting out of bed. Your eyes were wide open, darling, yet, yet when I spoke to you, you, you didn't answer. What? You just... Walked over to the clothes closet it, as though in a trance. And then you awakened me? Yes. Well, how strange. I've never walked in my sleep before. Well, don't worry about it, darling. You'd better go back to bed. We'll talk about it in the morning. All right. Who is the scalpel killer on this, Lisa? The Dark Island... This uh, is hosted by the great John Dixon Carr. Gertrude Warner starring in this broadcast from August 8th, 1949. Murder by Experts, a really good series, East Coast series, heard on Mutual. Uh, we don't have a lot of these broadcasts, but uh, this is a good one. Right off the transcription disc. Hope you're enjoying it. We'll get back to Murder by Experts in a flash. I'll 
If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Yeah, we're listening to Murder by Experts, a good mystery series, Lisa, aired on the Mutual Network from 1949 until 1951. And it was, um, what they did was they thought, let's get like a famous novelist, you know, a mystery novelist to host it. And they did with John Dixon Carr. And then after John Dixon Carr, they got Brett Halliday, who... um, created Michael Shane. And so that was their like whole thing. They didn't have a, like a star, but they had a very famous novelist. That'd be like almost having Stephen King host something today as that's what it was like back then. Um, it was produced and directed and written by Robert A. Arthur and David Kogan. And they were a very prolific writing team. They wrote the mysterious traveler, the sealed book, uh, the strange Dr. Weird, And it was produced and broadcast from New York, and the series featured radio adaptations of famous mystery stories by masters in the field. Um, And it had great supporting characters from the East Coast, like Carl Weber. Yeah, fellow Carl. Only Mm -hmm. spelled it with a K, so it doesn't count. Lawson Zerby, Roger DeCoven, Maurice Tarplin, and others. We're listening to The Dark Island from August 8th, 1949. Here's the conclusion now to Murder by Experts. But with morning came the sun, and the night was quickly forgotten. Philip continued to work on his books and read unpublished medical papers left by my father. And then one morning, shortly before dawn, I awoke to find Philip's bed empty and slept him. I quickly dressed and went to his study. He was sitting at his desk, his eyes bloodshot, staring into space. I placed my hand on his shoulder. Eve! Darling, is anything wrong? Wrong? Well, yes, you've been here all night. What were you doing? Why, I was was reading your father's books and the material he left at his death. Philip, there is something wrong, isn't there? I feel it. It's in this room. There's nothing wrong, Eve. It's just your imagination. You sure? Yes, of course I'm sure. All right, darling. Eve? Yes? Tomorrow's the first of the month. I promised my publisher I'd be in Boston on the first to discuss my book. It'll mean a trip away from the island for a night. Well, when do we leave? Eve, would you mind very much if I were to go alone? Alone? Well, I'll really be tied up with my publisher most of the time. 
Besides, you know how you hate the noise and confusion of the mainland. Well, of course, Philip. I suppose it would be foolish of me to go along. You'll be so busy. I knew you'd understand. Where, when do you think you'll leave? I'll um, have to take the noon train to Boston. I just have time to catch it. I'll be back early tomorrow evening. With that, he was gone. Something had happened that night. Something that threatened our marriage, our future. And I didn't know what it was. How empty the lodge was with him gone. I returned to the study and began to straighten out the papers on his desk. And then, as I opened one of the drawers, I saw them. Hundreds of clippings from newspapers all over the country. And all of them about the scalpel killer. Clippings? Why had he collected them? Why? And suddenly I was afraid to think about it. I began to count the minutes and hours until he should return. I never knew a night and a day could be so long. But at last his boat arrived at the dock, and a minute later he came up the path to the lodge. Hello, Eve. Oh, how are you, darling? Did you have a nice trip? A nice trip? Yes, I suppose so. Oh, Philip, is anything wrong? There's nothing wrong. Well... Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Eve. I'm, I'm, I'm just tired, oh, that's all. Oh, that's all right, darling. You, you'll feel better after you've eaten. Here, let me take your coat and the paper. Thank you. Well, is there anything in the paper? No, let me have that paper. I Why, don't... Philip, there's been another murder on the mainland. A woman found slashed to death. Oh, how horrible. Yes. Once more, the scalpel killer struck, claiming early this morning a fourth victim... Police would make no statement other than to say that the use of a scalpel by the killer indicates that a doctor... Must you go on reading that? Isn't it enough that they're dead? Why, Philip? Oh, I'm sorry, Eve, darling. I heard quite enough about it on the mainland. It was the only topic of discussion. Yes, I understand. I won't mention it again. Thank you, Eve. It's good to get away from all that talk. To me, this island represents escape. Escape from the mainland. And all that happens there. Escape? What was there to hide from? It couldn't be. It couldn't be! And yet, the clippings in his desk. The violent outburst when I'd read the newspaper story. His strange behavior in the past. A picture began to form. A picture I could no longer bear to look at. Weeks passed, and we were as strangers. And then one night, I was awakened by a pair of hands on my throat. Don't, don't be frightened, Eve. It's nothing, it's nothing. Why did you put your hands on my throat? You were tossing in your sleep. I, I no. just wanted to see if you had a fever. No, I'm all right. Why are you trembling? I don't know. Oh, Philip, what's wrong? Nothing, Eve, nothing. It's just your imagination. No, it isn't. Has it anything to do with the murder of those four women? What makes you ask that? Is it because of the murder? No, I tell you, no! You must stop talking about them. Do you hear me? Yes. Yeah, it's all right, Philip. I've... I've got to make another trip to Boston to see my publisher. Another trip to Boston? Yes. 
I just have time to catch the morning train. How long will you be gone? Just overnight. Philip, I... What were you going to say? Nothing, nothing. Here, let me help you pack. You needn't bother. I'm only taking a few things. A scalpel. Why, well, yes, I thought I'd take your father's instruments to town, have the instruments polished. Uh, all the scalpels in your bag? Yes. Why do you ask? Well, I, I, I just wanted to make sure you, you hadn't forgotten any. Oh, Philip, why do you look at me that way? I'm thinking of four women. Four women who were slashed to death. Philip looked at me for a moment. Then without a word, he left. And suddenly I realized if a murder were committed that night, there would be no escaping the truth. I could do nothing but pray and wait. The day dragged into the night, and at last dawn came. Soon he returned, and I'd know everything. Everything. Eve? Oh, here I am, Philip. How was the trip? Philip, what's happened? Last night, another woman was murdered on the mainland. Oh, no. Oh, no, not another. Yes. Her throat was cut like the others. Don't tell me anymore. I don't want to hear about it. Then, then you know everything. Yes. I've suspected it for months. Only I could never bring myself to believe it. Eve, Eve, there's only one thing left to us. One thing left to us? Yes. We must die together so that innocent people may live in safety. Philip, what are you saying? I don't want to die. I know you don't, darling, nor do I, but can't you see it's the only way out? The police are bound to find them. To find them. The murderer. It's just a question of time. Look... Let's not wait and live in fear. We'll go to the police and confess. No, I couldn't stand to go through all that. But I don't want to die, and I won't. Please, Eve, darling, don't make it difficult. You know I can't allow you to live. It's too dangerous. So that's it. Get rid of me so you can go on living in safety. You know better than that, Eve. I love you. When you die, I shall follow you. No! I won't let you kill I've me. I've got to, darling. I'll try not to hurt you. Philip, now you stay where you are. Stay where you are. I pray this wouldn't be necessary. But last night's murder leaves me no choice. You must die. You, you stop following me, Philip. I'm warning you. What are you getting from under that coat? Don't move, Philip. If you come any closer, I'll shoot. After what I've been through, a gun doesn't seem very frightening. No, I'm warning you, Philip, I'll shoot. I'm not going to die for your crimes. My crimes? Yes. You've killed five women, but I shan't be the sixth. You... You believe... You believe I murdered those five women? Well, you've admitted as much. Eve, Eve, darling, put that gun down and listen to me, please. Do you know the reason your father brought you to this island as a child? Well, you know I don't. And... I do. And haven't you ever wondered why he practically kept you a prisoner on this island? Educating you himself. Oh, you're, you're trying to put me off my guard with this talk. Now, you stay where you are, Philip. Among the papers your father left upon his death, I found some which gave a clue as to the reason he retired to this island. What? Yes, yes. It all began when you were ten years old and lived in Boston. Your father found you one night walking through the house in a trance. Oh. Night after night, your father stayed up watching you. Then one night, 
while in a trance. You strangled your cat to death. Oh, you're lying. Think back to when you were ten years old. Didn't you have a cat? And then one morning it was gone. Well, it had run away. Father told me he so. He was hiding the truth from you. He destroyed the body. And then a few days later he got you another cat. And it disappeared. That cat also ran away. It didn't run away any more than the first one did. You killed it, Eve, in the same manner. Oh, you're clever, Philip. But I know something of psychology. You can't break me down with such a story and take this gun. Listen to me. After observing you for some time, your father realized you were a schizophrenic. Oh. A female Jekyll and Hyde, a split personality with uncontrollable homicidal tendencies. You won't break me down, no matter how clever you it are. It was then that your father knew that no one was safe as long as you were free. So he gave up everything he valued and brought you to this island, virtually becoming your jailer. Oh, I'm afraid your story doesn't hold. I was always free to go where I pleased. Yes, for you weren't dangerous when you were awake. But when you went to sleep each night, didn't your father always see to it that you had a sleeping drug? No. Think. Wasn't there some special drink you took before you went to bed? Well, only hot milk. Then that was it. As long as your father lived, he was able to control your sleeping hours. But when he died, the drug was no longer administered. And you began to walk at night in a trance. No. The first murder occurred exactly a week after your father's death. You were following your subconscious will to kill. You've never explained where you were the night that first woman was killed. A month after the first murder, you left this island again. Your father's scalpel in your hand. And another girl was found dead on the mainland. Her throat cut. I never left this island from the day I returned from my father's funeral. You never remember having left this island, for when you woke up the following day, you were back in your own room. When I came to this island and told you about the murders, you were naturally shocked. For your conscious mind was not aware of what you had done. You tell a convincing story, Philip. But you haven't explained why you came to this island with all your baggage just a few hours after a murder had been committed. That's very and simple. And explain I... the hundreds of clippings you have. And why you tried to strangle me two nights ago. Strangle And tell me why you took the scalpels with you yesterday. Oh, no, I know you're the murderer. And I'm going to turn you over to the police. I've sunk both. Boats. You... You'll never go to the police. Oh, you're mad. You're completely mad. I can't allow you to go on living. Philip, stop coming toward me. I don't want to shoot, but you're forcing me to. I've got to kill you. I've got Philip, to... Philip, don't or I'll shoot! Oh. Oh. Philip! Oh. oh, I didn't want to do it, but you made me. It was either your life or mine. Nothing you said was true, nothing. You were trying to break me with that story and then murder me as you did the others. Oh, but you failed. And I... I, oh, I feel so faint, so dizzy. Uh, When I recovered consciousness, I found myself in my own room. It was just dusk, and there was a deathly stillness about the lodge. I got up and went into the living room. Philip's body was on the floor, barely discernible in the dark. Fear welled up in me, and I found myself screaming. I, I ran out of the lodge and down to the dock. But both boats were sunk, just as he'd said. My legs gave away and I sank to the ground. And 
then I remembered the emergency flares in the boathouse. I thought you'd never arrive, Sheriff. I waited and waited in the darkness, and it seemed as if I were alone in the world, utterly alone. There, there, ma'am. You're all right now. You gotta get a hold of yourself. It's all over now. I didn't mean to kill him. I didn't mean to kill him. Of course you didn't. It was either him or you. Uh, you say he was blonde, six feet tall. He had a deep scar on his cheek. Yes, yes. He once stayed at the Stratford Hotel, yes. huh? Yes. I remember seeing him now. I recall he slipped off from the hotel when we started questioning the guests. I wondered about him a couple of times. Guess I should have followed him up. Might have saved the lives of a few innocent women. Oh, come now, ma'am. Crying won't do any good. It's all over now. You're safe. Here, lie down on this couch. Stretch out, get a little rest. That's it. A couple hours, it'll be dawn. You'll feel better when you see the sun shining. You... You won't leave me, will you? No, ma'am. I'll stay here with you. While you're getting a little sleep, I'll write out a report of what happened. I... I couldn't bear to be alone. Uh, you won't be. Close your eyes. Try to get some sleep. That's it. That's it. Poor girl. Well, it's all over now. She can sleep in peace. Wait, wait, I, I want, I want to... Uh, uh. Number, please. Agnes, get me Judge Donnelly. Oh, yes, Sheriff. Uh, hello? Judge, uh, Sheriff Mitchell calling... Sheriff, you called me at 2 a.m. and gave me a full report on the death of the scalpel killer. Now, why are you calling again at 4 a.m.? I... uh, Judge... Sounds to me like you've been drinking. Now, I reckon the celebration's in order, but why bother me? Now, will you please let me get back to sleep before I lose... Listen, I... I haven't much time, Judge. Uh, What's that? The scalpel killer wasn't... Philip Duval. What are you saying, Sheriff? He he was right. Right about what? The girl, Eve. The girl? Notify. Notify to be on lookout. Brunette, five feet four, gray eyes. You've had one too many, Sheriff. First you phone and tell me it was Duval. Then you say it's the girl. Now, what proof have you got she's guilty? There, there's a scalp on the floor, Judge. And, and my throat. I'll, I'll never live to finish. To, to finish. So the curtain falls on the Dark Island, which was chosen by guest expert William Irish. 
whose latest thriller is The Blue Ribbon. Next week at this time, Murder by Experts brings you a story of a jealous wife and a husband bent on murder with a most unusual ending, selected for your approval by Elysia Lipsky. Until then, this is your host, John Dixon Carr, hoping you'll be with us next week at this time. The Dark Island was written by Sidney Morris, adapted for radio by Robert A. Arthur and David Cogan. In the cast were Gertrude Warner, Bernard Grant, and Maurice Tartlin. Music is under the direction of Emerson Buckley, composed by Richard DuPage. Murder by Experts is produced and directed by Robert A. Arthur and David Cogan. This is Phil Tonkin speaking. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. That uh, broadcasting system got along with all the other ones. It was mutual. What's that, Lisa? It was what? Mutual. You're just a little slow on the buttons, but it, <laughs> well, it's, the, got a got whole, it's got new buttons here. We have a whole new system of buttons. Like there wasn't enough buttons before. Now there's right. more buttons. Anyway, mu- uh, that was murder. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That was Murder by Experts, August 8th, 1949, The Dark Island. That was uh, starring Gertrude Warner. There was a lot of people in this thing. Bernard Grant. Um, Who else? Maurice Tarplin. You know who he played on Boston Blackie? He was Inspector Faraday. Yeah. All right. I hope you enjoyed that. Time for... This month in music history. All right, we're going to hear our final song from 1990. Can you name the uh, film that this was heard um, in? My Bodyguard? No. No. So this is It Must Have Been Love by Roxette, released in 1987. And then again in 1990 when it reached number one on the uh, Billboard charts because it was heard on the soundtrack for the 1990 film hmm. Pretty Woman. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Pretty Woman. Yep. Yeah, that was a big movie. Boy. Yeah, it sure was. Huge movie. Yep. Um, yeah, that had... Um, who was in that again? <laughs> that was... Uh, uh, who was the girl in that again? I, I, she I has can a nice big smile. I can see her, you know. Right? I don't know. Who was it? You remember or no? Of course. Who was it? Pretty Woman? Uh, yeah, we got to go to break. So who was it? You don't know. <laughs> All right, Julia do. Roberts. Julia Roberts. There we go. All right, more of Hollywood 360. Lisa didn't know it. More of, of Hollywood 360 after this. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, next week, Jack Benny, Box 13, You Bet Your Life, Nero Wolf, and John Steele Adventurer, so don't miss it. Be sure to visit our official website at Hollywood360radio.com. For my co-host, Lisa Wolf, our executive producer, Mike Gastella. My crabby brother, Vince Amari, this is Carl Amari saying stay safe, be healthy, and thanks for listening. And have a happy birthday. Thank you. Well, hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and 
And I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.